WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding Skills Podcast. Get, let's get things start things started off right. Uh, uh, and that's how it starts off right. That, that's how it always starts. And yep. Uh, yeah, Rudeness yeah. with bad manners. Right into people's ear hole. An explicit and aggressive lack of cooth. A cooth. Cooth. How do you, that's a, that's how do you a fun word to say. around here, Cooth? Yes. Especially if you put, like, fruity little lilt at the end of it. Cooth. Cooth. I was trying to pay for my meal. This cashier is being rude to me. She ain't got no coat. <laughs> <laughs> that coat done left. Yeah. <laughs> Why hey. does that sound dirty? I don't know. <laughs> you ever seen a girl with coot like that? <laughs> it's all filthy and covered in grapes. Hello, Cretans. Harry's no coot having cootless. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't keep it going, could you? <laughs> <laughs> you tried, though. You tried. Hello, Cretans. <laughs> He's Corey. I'm Bob. Yeah, we're back for uh, another episode of our podcast that uh, we have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. Just we haven't done one in such a such a while that we're thinking, ah, we should just do talk about something. (laughs) Welcome to the house of utter no coot. (laughs) That's going to be a a house at next year's Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, Sorry, boy. I'm laughing like that because I took a drink. Yep. <laughs> and you don't the, want to spray your laptop. The House of Zero Coop. <laughs> <laughs> it has the shortest line for some reason. Yeah, it's just dudes burping and fucking scratching themselves in public. <laughs> Nobody really scares you or anything. It's just a lot of people being, you know, unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get that without even going in the house. Yeah, no shit. That's like, a, oh, no, that's their scare zone. It's going to be park-wide oh. the next year, and it's going to be the House of Zero Cooth. And uh, here's the here's the twist. It's all the guests that are going to be the uh, the performers. <laughs> and they don't even know it. They don't tell them. I'm just like, go out there. No. All the drinks are free tonight, Sit in by the, the chair. Way. Yeah, sit in the chair right there. Just just let it rip at anyone who passes by. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> here, eat this whole can of beans. <laughs> Just right out of the can. Here's a can opener and a spoon. Go nuts. Dude, this is the best HHN ever. It's like free trashy drinks and free beans. They're just passing them out right from the can. And the uh, fog is on extra strong. <laughs> you can hear it across the lagoon. <laughs> oh, they're doing this in the whole park? Man. Not, not the screams, but more of the uh, disappointment groans. Just you hear like a low gurgling burp in one of the alleys in the Chicago set (laughs) on the back lot. (laughs) No, no, it's coming close. (laughs) It reverberates. (laughs) It's like the ghost from the grudge. So (laughs) since we're talking about that, let me. um, What a fucking seg, Bob. That's absolutely smashing. (laughs) Yes, set it up for me. So let's go ahead and talk about this year's uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. Uh, I've been a few times already. Uh, yeah. I have a couple more visits left on my pass, so I'm going to try and use them as much as I was planning to go tonight, 
Uh-huh. But Mother Nature said, "No, I'm just gonna rain all day." That's Mother Nature uh, does that uh, does that bit a lot. Yeah. Uh, when uh, when it comes to HHN or any park events, really. But Halloween Horror Nights more than anything else because I've just that's part of my arsenal now. When I go, I just bring an umbrella in a water bottle because you're gonna run into either rain or intense sun. You're gonna get rain, you're gonna get water in the face and. Uh, in, uh, in that case, it's good to have water in a bottle yeah. along with you to counterbalance that. I don't know. This year's Horror Nights is um, a little unique for me because there's a lot of... Unique. Yeah, there, there's a lot of the houses that I have not seen mm-hmm. the, uh, the source material for. I, uh, I gotta admit, um, I have no fucking clue what the houses or the scare zones are this year. Uh, oh, guess what? I can go and, over them with you. Oh, you could. You were planning on doing exactly that, weren't you? I might have the list pulled up, maybe. All right, regal me, because I want to know exactly... Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, the, I want to uh, know the... generally uh, what houses these are and uh, which bits of source material you are not familiar with. Uh, well, the two headlining houses is Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, which I turned Netflix off while I was watching that, so I have no idea how it ends, and I've been through the house, and I'm like, cool! What the hell's going on? That's too bad, because 4 was the tits. That was a good return to form for them. You know, I think I turned it off, and I was planning to come back to it, because I think by the second or Mm -hmm. third episode, I was getting the hint that the creators of the show might have been bullied when they were kids. Uh, you could have gotten that from the first season. Don't you remember when they were uh, threatened over at the quarry? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember. But One of the just, guys pulled a knife on him? Yeah, and the, the constant reminder, hey, there's bullies out there. Remember the thing, them? The thing, the thing about, well, bullying nowadays, is it, it, it embodies a bit of a different M.O. I mean, getting bullied nowadays is somebody on Twitter, uh, you know, you know, calling you like a fudge packer or something. <laughs> but like back in the day, straight up, the bar for being bullied in the 80s was perilously fucking low, and all you had to be was, like, even slightly different from what was considered to be, you know, the mold for a typical mm-hmm. child, you know? Yeah. So, of course, anybody that's into D&D is going to be, is going to have a bullseye painted, like, brightly on their backs. Um, and nowadays, like, bullies can't even conceive. That's the funniest thing. One of the most illuminating, like, generational tweets that I had read is that um, uh, somebody was talking about, like, being bullied, uh, as we know bullying. And they're like, that's not being bullied. That's full on fucking assault. I was like, that's what we had to deal with all the time in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it used to be, man. It was perilous. Yeah, you get off the bus, kid follow you home. And if your parent isn't home, he's going to kick in the screen door and let your pets out. Yeah. And I'm not saying this like in a way that was like, oh, kids nowadays are pussies because it traumatized the shit out of a lot of us. Yeah. But it's funny to me to imagine that like people have like redefined or at least recontextualized bullying as involving no physical contact it's all and psychological now yeah. It's all, yeah it's all emotional well it was well it was emotional back then too but you know there was a lot more at risk mm-hmm. I, I remember like when that episode aired um uh the one where uh, uh the kid pulls the knife on uh mike and whoever at the quarry um there's there's like a couple of tweets that i saw where people were like that didn't happen back then that's not what bullying is this is so extra and it's like fucking shut your yes, mouth it did. <laughs> if you were born after the game boy advance please kindly button that shit up because <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> 
bullying yeah, we, we was definitely, insanity. <laughs> it, it, it was definitely a uh, hell of a lot different. But okay, yeah. so that's Stranger Things. Oh yeah, there's uh, other houses. <laughs> the other house, the other uh, main event house is um, the Exorcist Believer for the new movie coming out. Which there's a new movie. I actually think it's kind of funny that this house, uh, the the movie doesn't open until like early October. Uh huh. And Horror Nights started at the beginning of September, so well, this house was kind of like October, a big old spoiler. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. But this kind of just fe- uh, fits the bill of IPs that I haven't seen. So hey, why not go and watch a or go through a house based on a movie that's not even out yet? That's it's 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 kind of a limited exposure though because I still haven't seen Us. And I definitely did that house a couple of times because that was one of my favorite ones from that year. That was a scary house. It was it was unnerving as shit. It was really yeah. well staged, and I could not still tell you what it was about. All I know is that it, it, it involved doppelgangers, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Because I haven't seen the movie, so I have no way to I have no way to contextualize uh, its presentation. But this house, The Exorcist, it had some of the most genuine, real scares that I've had in quite some time. This was a really good house. I enjoyed nice. it. Nice. You get blasted with pea suit. Uh did I? You know Probably what? I not, think there was no. There, there was a house. I can't remember. No, I think it was another house mm-hmm. where we had stuff sprayed on us. They can't obviously throw full Kansas Campbell soup at you. Uh huh. <laughs> Even though that would be funny as hell. Yeah, and, and they can't because, you know, there'd be one freak show just going in through the house over and over again. Be like, oh, God, more, please. just <laughs> Rub it on my nipples. <laughs> Get some in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, the, the interesting thing to me about The Exorcist is that um, they, Fox actually had that show uh, a couple of years ago that ran for a goodly couple of seasons. I think, like, maybe three seasons. That was an excellent bit of TV. But... It wasn't necessarily a reboot. It was taking the property and then telling um, an altogether new story, a new kind of story with it, which is really mm. cool. Because that's always a winner. It, 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 it won in this case. It was fine. Okay. You're, remember that, like before this happened, the last Exorcist, whatever. For one thing, nobody really thought of it as like a property or an IP or something. It was just one movie, and then two more movies. Um, and then they tried to bring it back in 2005, I think, as Exorcist: The Beginning as a prequel and that bombed because it was horrible and then they actually released the original director's cut because they fired the first director in the middle production and nobody saw that good production what's that always a sign of a great production oh yeah firing the director right in the middle of it i mean the guy that was the guy that's making the fucking movie for you yeah you know that shit's on track anyway um so a couple years later it was the idea was lying dormant and some you know genius at fox was like we should turn this into like the exorcist universe what? <laughs> and then they created a TV show out of it. But the show was fucking excellent because they they did they did with that show what a lot of people don't really remember about the first movie is that keeping it grounded. Because the first movie is such like a cultural like landmark now. It's set up like its own iconograph iconography and aesthetic that people consider that to be self-contained or at least that movie's visual identity. But what it did was that it kept everything normal. Absolutely normal. Until things could no longer afford to be normal and the show like understood that like the the entire thing is like it's not a slow burn but everything is like it's not muted it's not bright it doesn't use like a presentational color palette 
all the all the actors act like persons and the dialogue is really organic and then all of a sudden girl's head turns around <laughs> and the way that they the way that they like provide that twist in the first episode is just like god damn and i'm in for a ride now so the show's over and i kind of i kind of thought they were just going to be that's it for a bit and then somebody was like no 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 we should do more exorcist no but, no, no do, yeah. do some more well, let's go ahead and do some more exorcist people are asking for more exorcist you know so let's go, go ahead and give it to them right now very uh very hollywood but <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny that you uh walk through a spoiler for that movie at the uh, at uh, universal studios <laughs> Uh, another house is uh, a, a Chucky house, mm-hmm. which at first I thought, well, this fits the bill. It's going to be for the upcoming season, which has not been released yet. But no, it's more of like a really generic Chucky house. Did they kind that, of um, they do like a recap of the last season with it? I didn't watch any of the Chucky episodes. I didn't realize that was a thing mm-hmm. yeah. until recently. Um but it's more like Chucky's going through a toy factory and killing the workers, I guess. I It was a weird house because this location, it debuted last year mm-hmm. where they uh, they do the house inside the Fast and Furious ride. Oh, they're using and it what they, Good. Yeah, they're, they're act- <laughs> there's people actually enjoying themselves in that <laughs> building now. But what they did last year is they had... they. They turned it. It was the uh, the Blumhouse uh, house, and what they did is they took two of their stories, mm-hmm. and it's instead of uh, a normal sized house, it's a little like chop it into three quarters, mm-hmm. and then double that, if that makes sense. So it's it's one house that's only three quarters of a regular house and then mm-hmm. you go right into a second house all in the same maze yeah um they actually did a blumhouse they did a blumhouse uh house Fuck. um yeah. they did that it was somewhere near like Fievel's playland a couple of years ago by a couple of years i'm probably talking about like 2014 yeah which was actually but nine years ago um did they do two stories in one house basically yeah, kind of. It was uh, Sinister 2, um, and then a couple of others I don't remember, because uh, Sinister was just, Sinister is kind of like a, a um, an indulgence. Because um, <laughs> the, fir- the first movie is like legit good. The second movie is not all that good. But, um, what the what? fucking fuck? Hold on a second. Uh, hold on. You? Just calm down over there. Sorry, all the gay right. club next door just opened up for the night. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, Sinister Two was—I enjoyed it, but it was kind of a turd of a movie. But it had really good actors in it. Uh, well, the great so, thing about the, the house last year is mm-hmm. I forget the name of the first story, but you go through it and then you take a few extra steps, turn the corner, and hey, here's the the second uh, part of this house. Uh, I think this one was Black Phone. Mm-hmm. Oh um, shit! That must have been nuts. Yeah, if you've never seen it, you didn't have no idea what was going on. Just uh-huh. like a lot of me yeah. <laughs> this year. That was, but that at was the same time, I still movie, enjoyed though. it. Yeah. Uh, have you ever this seen year, that one? No, I haven't seen it yet. All right, all right. Uh, it would probably some of it would probably make sense once I do. This year, that location is the Chucky House, where you go through the first part, and then you turn the corner, and then hey, you thought you were done? Uh, you come back here, and it, it just amps up the the gore and the violence in the second mm-hmm. house which <laughs> um 
I took my eldest son to Horror Nights for the first time this year. How old is he? He is going to be 14 this week. Really? Well, I thought there was an age limit to that. There is an age suggestion. It is not a limit. Oh my god! So I could, I could, I could fucking uh, take like. I was gonna say my five-year-old kid. No, I could kidnap somebody's five-year-old kid and then bring it to Halloween Horror Nights with me. I saw people pushing around strollers. Nice. That's raising them right. I have no idea what they're gonna do with them because you can't take the stroller into the house, and if they do, oh my god. Wow, that's poor planning, but raising them right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, as we were going through the the house, I turned to him and I was like, "Are are you okay with this? Because you don't normally see this kind of." gore violence hollywood horror stuff and he's like yeah dad i'm fine <laughs> like the, this generation is so desensitized right now he uh, didn't flinch at all during any of the houses there's nothing i don't think you could see a halloween horror nights that youtube hasn't already shown him this like, might be true the other the other i swear to god the other day um mary and i were talking about um uh because i'm going to be leaving here in a little bit about a month um uh me playing like a horror game for her to watch like back in the day and i suggested one and victor overhears he's like oh you don't want to see that and then mary goes how the hell do you know what we're talking about and i'm like dude he knew who monica was before uh before he well he actually saw me playing doki doki lit club once and he's like oh i know who monica is you're gonna love this and i'm like a don't spoil it and b you should not know who monica is yeah <laughs> <laughs> None of this stuff should be, like, open to you. Uh, that one did have a lot of uh, Let's Players doing, so that's probably how he picked it up. That's how yeah. I picked it up. I never played yeah. the game. Yeah, but it's, it's like it's like everything. Well, Let's Players play horror games because that's the kind of shit that put, used to put, like, PewDiePie and Markiplier on the map. Ah, my hair is pink and I'm screaming. You know, that shit. That's what made, mm -hmm. that's what made dudes millionaires. I really can't fault them because it worked. It They're did. very rich. It doesn't happen as much anymore, though. No, it's it's uh, YouTube has become uh, a little too corporate for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Like, if you say shit, we're not going to give you money, dude. The apocalypse like, like fucked a bunch of people up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of games, uh, one of the the next houses is The Last of Us, mm -hmm. and I first thought, oh, this is probably based off the HBO show. Nope, mm -hmm. it's based right off the game because the PlayStation logo is right there in front of it. That's cute. <laughs> but as I understand, the, the show follows the game almost step by step. Because the game's pretty much a goddamn movie, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the last IP house is a Universal Monsters house. This one has uh, Dr. Jekyll, the Phantom of the Opera, the Invisible Man, the and, yeah, and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Cool. Wait, the Invisible Man? Yes. How could you tell? Because he was... Uh wrapped in bandages and burping that'd be great if like most of the invisible man i know like, you've already seen it so it's probably not like this but most of the invisible man is just like some dude like i don't know it's like jets of air just blowing at your face <laughs> and then somebody's screaming like 10 feet that way but basically nothing else happens <laughs> that's how we would do invisible man these days somebody sitting <laughs> on the couch and they just they, they start sniffing the air yeah and then you hear someone like trying to hide a giggle in the back of the room. <laughs> I'm the Invisible Man, and I have gas. <laughs> I'm scary. Ooh, my dick's out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just hear like a thud in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Ran into a door. 
trip over something unseen. Ooh. <laughs> well, those were the IP houses. The original houses this year, <laughs> I think, are far better. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. We had Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. This is this year's icon, Dr. Oddfellow. Mm-hmm. The story is he is the guy who is cause of the origin story of Jack the Clown. So this, they're, they're, they're making new mascots now? Yeah. That is so cool. Oh, my. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, did they do that last year? Or is it just something they're ramping up uh, again this year? Uh, I think last year they just had a celebration of the icons with the Icon House, which was probably one of the best. That might be what caused this then. <laughs> it, yeah, they're probably going back and recreating icons now. And so, yeah, that that's the one for this year. After that, um, we have another Yeti House. They're doing the Yeti again. Yeah, Yeti nice. Campground. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, I I thought this was gonna suffer from same monsteritis, where you see mm-hmm. the same character over and over again. They do some really good. I, I think one of the best scares I had in the entire night was in this house. Dude, the Yeti house was like one of the most uh, pleasantly innovative houses uh, at the one horror nights that we went to, and that was the horror nights that had Slaughter Cinema. So those yeah. two were like fighting with each other over like who the was trying day. to top each other. Dude, that was so good. And he fucking he fucking like blasts one at you like right as you're leaving in the neutral area. That uh-huh. was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, this one is kind of the same. Uh-huh. Well, not not exactly the same. It's it's well, just no, another Yeti pull, house. You can't pull the same tricks twice. Uh, you can try, but yeah, oh was... no, they didn't do that, did they? No, no, it's, it All is right. completely new. But speaking of uh, new or old tricks, mm-hmm. there is a dueling dragons house this year. Oh fuck them! What? Yep, there's two wizards fighting each other, one fire, one ice, and they use dragons as their avatars. And the great thing about this is, towards the end of the house, it splits, and you have to choose either fire or ice. I choose for them to suck out my fucking farts, man. That's nasty. <laughs> That's like, oh man. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to not take that one personally. Are you more disappointed you're not experiencing it? Uh, a little bit, because that does sound neat. But the the thing is that like they got rid of the IP, and it seems like to to most people that were that we're pretty aware of the goings on or the continuing development or I guess de-evolution of the Lost Continent that they're trying to phase all that shit out almost as if in a campaign of shame and then they're like hey remember that baller roller coaster that we had for about 20 years that you can't go on anymore <laughs> well we're just here to remind you that it doesn't still exist but here's a haunted house now I would love it if they continue this trend and do more houses based off of old rides that aren't around anymore mm-hmm. like Say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure House. That that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I, I hope they put a bit more production into it than the you know the shows that they used to have. But um, that just made me think, though. Um, so Universal still has obviously has the rights to use the Marvel property for its section of the uh, islands uh, theme park. But does well, that IP you- extend to event-based attractions? Uh, from what I understand, that is. Uh, attractions only and it only applies to X-Men, Avengers Fantastic Four and Spider-Man which 
for Marvel, that's just about everything. Yeah, yeah, except for the horror properties. So does Disney just like retain um, uh, retain exclusive uh, ownership of uh, the horror stuff or like all the B-listers? For C-listers in most cases. For theme park attractions on the east coast of the Mississippi, yeah, I would assume they, because they opened up a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Right. Yeah, there's like regional distinctions. Well, yeah, there'd have to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, wait, 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 wait. They, they opened a Guardians uh, ride up over uh, on a, in Epcot too, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Universal only has those four. Well, they, they have Avengers, X-Men, what else did I say? Spider-Man and mm-hmm. um, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, right. Yeah, now anything that falls under those lines, they have the rights to, which is probably like 700 characters. Damn. You know, I think it would be pimp as shit is if they did like uh, some uh, comic book based horror stuff in their uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, I mean, they could just go with like a general concept with one of their originals, like you being sucked into a horror comic, like an old EC comic or something, The Vault of they, Terror. They should do a Blade House. They, they should do a Blade House. Yeah, that'd be fucking neat. <laughs> oh, you started out in the Blood Rave. How about that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that'd be cash fucking money. Well, the, the last two original houses, one of them, I had no idea what was going on. I saw the title Blood Moon Dark Offerings, and I'm like, okay. But let me, let me read the little description they have here. In a colonial era vi- village, moon worshippers witness a blood moon at their fall festival. They take it as a sign to hunt down any non-followers, including you and your scream squad. Dude, that's harsh. Again, I have no idea what was going on in this house. It was basically a lot. There's a lot of witchcraft and pagandry, uh, iconography, iconic to free imagery, imagery, imagery. Yeah, that That works. So, yeah, there was a lot of that. Uh, Obviously, there was this one, uh, the the cold, the cold open room for this house was this huge set uh, where there's a guy walking on the bridge above you. Mm -hmm. And behind him, there was a, a projection of a of a giant full moon, but it was all red. It looked great. Just a giant ass? Yeah. <laughs> of course. That was such a low, like, it, barrier for me. Anyway. I <laughs> Dude, I love it when they do the cold opens. Um, do you remember uh, the first time we did a Stranger Things house? Yes. And they actually did the logo, and you walk underneath it while yeah, playing the Yeah, the song? music's playing, and, you're, and this was the first time I ever experienced a cold open in a house, and they've all seemed to do this now. Mm-hmm. Where you walk in, the music's playing. You just have a screen projection of the the, the title, uh-huh. and and you're going through. And it's like, okay, where's the scare? Where's the scare? And then you go into the next room. It's like, oh, that was a cold open. Yeah, that was good. Now, Stranger Things did the coldest of the cold opens, in my opinion. That was like fucking elevated. But uh, they actually did one in a house before that, and I don't know if you remember. Um, speaking of the, like the Last of Us house, they did a Resident Evil house, but it wasn't based on the movies. It was based on the game, and they had. We're calling them cold opens, but they're like more like anti rooms, I guess. If we're trying to like visually describe it, because you go into you go in through the first corridor. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it an aperture or whatever, and then you're like in a darkened room, and then you see something like coming right towards you because you're walking towards it, but it's lit in such a way that it's not terribly obvious until you get closer to it. And in the Resident Evil uh, house, it was press start, and then after you go into <laughs> press start, then all the stuff starts happening. And I okay, was like, I, no, like I that. fucking don't like Resident Evil all that much, but that was fucking clever. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No, I like that. Mm-hmm. 
This very last house might be my favorite. It's called Darkest Deal. Okay. Uh, the description is a blues Haunted musician. Haunted Carlot. Huh? Haunted Carlot. Haunted Carlot. That no, be, but that'd be pretty you're, cool. <laughs> you're, you're on the, the right track. A uh, blues musician uh, will have to face the music after meeting with the... They can't use the word the devil or Satan or what. I don't know why. So they just call it the collector. And trading, yeah, and trading his soul for musical glory. A Faustian deal narrative. Yeah. Okay, it's classic. All it's right. basically Devil Went Down to Georgia, but it's set in Mississippi. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's about blues music. So you're walking through a cornfield. You're walking through uh, a a nightclub, a blues music uh, house, the uh, music house, <laughs> and you know you have demons jumping out. I was like, I want your soul. Your soul is mine. Stuff like uh-huh. that. And it's all this kind of uh, I guess 1920s theming kind of de- that's the vibe I got. It could have been like 30s. It could have been today. I don't. It's all Mississippi. What the hell do I know? They- <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do certain people have voting rights in this haunted house? Uh, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Depending well, on the era, probably not. But inside this house, there was one scene <laughs> that actually made me freeze for uh-huh. a, like an annoying amount of time. And I was just taking it in. It's like, it, am I actually looking at this? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. So apparently the producer who made this was a big wrestling fan. Oh, no. And he put in something uh-huh. in the house that 100% it fits the theming. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, a wooden rocking chair moving on its own with a short brim fedora on the handle. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I That's... said, it, it fits the theming of the house, but at the same time, it was too perfect. I think it was like a bright or a white fedora of some kind, just like what Bray, wear, Bray White used to wear. Damn. I mean, I, I, could, I, could, I understand the tribute, but it's... It's 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 Halloween Horror Nights, not Halloween Sorrow Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're already sorry when you look at your bill. Hey, well, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> but shit, that I don't know. That's kind of like a bittersweet ending. To what if somebody like tries to scare you like right after that? You're gonna be like, hold on, give me a second. <laughs> Just back up, back up, dude. All right, you're too close. Thank you. <laughs> hold on, All I right. need a minute. All right. Hold on. No, no. You can, and then, you can and scare then, me in just a second. And then the demon, like, harassing you is like, I know. I got to deal with it every night, man. It's <laughs> too much. Uh, I was just waiting for him to make his comeback, and he fucking never did. <sighs> oh, by the way, our boo. Uh, <laughs> I'm not feeling it now. Whatever. Damn. So, yeah, those are the houses. Um, we actually have five IP houses, unlike last year, where we only had four. Well, it's uh, again, would you say it was uh, them kind of topping themselves with the original houses over the IP houses this time? Yes. It's, it sounds like the, the original house is milestone. Uh, the Last of Us was good. Uh, no, the, again, the last house. The last oh, the last house. Went to, yeah. Yeah. Darkest Deal. Yeah. That. That's that's the one I, I definitely want to hit one more time, at mm-hmm. least two more times. Uh, but yeah, the the original houses, in my opinion, are much better this year. I mean, it's not really a shocker; they're usually better anyway. Yeah, except for that one year when they had that like Psychotronica house, where they gave you like the 3D glasses at the beginning, and then they were like, "You were injected with an experimental mind drug." 
And it was basically. We don't just talk like, about that one. What the hell? Okay, so you remember that shit? Uh, well, I, everyone hates that one. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, think, I think that was the year that they actually had some Horror Nights at Islands of Adventure. That was cool, and I really wish they would do that again. Well, I think they don't do that because uh, it, it just the logistics of spreading everything out too no, much. I mean, obviously, yeah. But damn, it's, it's too bad that they didn't make enough money to justify doing it ever again. Well, they're definitely making money now. <laughs> That's why everybody hated that one. I bet. Okay, so if you like asked a, a Halloween Horror Nights aficionado if they remembered the name of it, would they be able to like? No, I don't want to. I made myself forget. Thanks More for likely. reminding me of it, dickhead. <laughs> I was like that one ep- Nope, go ahead. Sorry. It, it's like that one episode in the first season of Next Generation where everyone says, oh, this is really bad. Oh, this the, is really bad. The jellyfish is fucking. Uh, no, not that one. Uh, oh, the okay. racist episode. The racist episode? Yeah, you just search uh, Star Trek Next Gen racist episode and you and can probably find be- it. That's going to be like the universal Google search term for it. <laughs> Probably. Racist uh, I forget the name of the episode, but everyone agrees that this one was just awful. Code of Honor. Code of Honor, that's it. That was it. All right. This isn't just bad television. Hold up. Oh, do you have a synopsis? I do. Uh, I need, this isn't just bad television. It's openly offensive. It seems to do its best effort to undo some of the most important lessons the original series imparted. Code of Honor is the fourth episode of the first season of the American science fiction television series Star Trek The Next Generation. Originally aired... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, episode was written by Catherine Powers and Michael Bear and directed by Rose Mayberry. Um, set in the 24th century, the series follows the adventures... Uh, Okay, in this episode, while the ship is visiting the planet Liga... Shut up. That can't... No. What does it say? Is visiting the planet Ligon 2. Hey, Captain! Hey! Hey, Jean-Luc Picard! What planet are we going to? Ligon, I know. Shut up, please. Just shut the fuck up. I'm not dealing with you right now. (laughs) They named two planets that! Ligon, he's nuts. Crewman Tasha Yar, Denise Crosby, is abducted by the leader of the Ligonians. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> As I understand it, that's not even the meat of the episode, and it's already fucking got me bound up. <laughs> The race abides by a <laughs> the race abides by a strict code of honor, and their leader seeks to use Yar as a pawn to increase his power. <laughs> All right, Powers and Baron pitched a story based on a reptilian race following a code of honor similar to the Bushido Code of the Samurai. This was developed into the final story, which is described as having a 1940s tribal ooh, tribal Africa theme by staff writer Tracy Torme. Episode has received negatively amongst cast, crew, fans, and reviewers, and has been called quite possibly the worst piece of Star Trek ever made. <laughs> All right, um, so that was just that was like the first episode synopsis. I don't want to like crush down two paragraphs on a fucking podcast, but I'm trying to dig out the uh, the core of it here. Tour of the ship, Luton Lagonians abduct Yar. Yeah, Transport back to the service. 
I'm not sure you're gonna find it in a, a synopsis written Counts out. It's yeah. It, it was more of a visual, I guess, is the best way to put it. Well, we're like the hold up. I'm not gonna say anything right now, but I'm gonna go back to the search term and uh, find some images. <laughs> Woo! Holy there shit. it is. Oh! Oh no! Oh! Oof! It's amazing that first season got greenlit for a second. Ooh! Oh man, that's that's a fucking move. Yeah, I get it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I see what you're talking about. So it wasn't necessarily having to do with the plot, but with like the production, uh, I guess the production concept. To a point, there it was some of the plot, but at the same time, it was the the casting of actors for this particular plot. Kind of man is shevitz, and like Tasha Yar is going. Oh yeah. I could see why Denise wanted off of that show. Yeah, <laughs> all was right. Fired. She was fired. Well, uh, I think she asked for a raise. Uh huh. And they said, "Oh, we can get anyone to play Tasha Yar." Okay, yeah, I would have asked for the raise. I'm sorry, especially after doing that one. Like that's the your that's the only natural reaction as an actor. Like if I'm gonna do any more of these, if you're gonna have me wear like fucking lobster claws with nails sticking out of them fighting, I don't know, <laughs> the blacks, then probably <laughs> I, I'm going to need a little bit more to chase this down with. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's got to be a strong drink. Yeah, I mean, every, every season of every Star Trek series franchise <laughs> has had one episode that they just never want to go back to is like, oh god, no, that was horrible. And you know, it, it's in, it's more of perspective for some people. Like, mm-hmm. I hate the hologram or the you know, the holodeck episodes on Next Gen, where they spend the whole episode in the holodeck. Hey, let's figure out this Sherlock mystery. Let's figure out. Let's do this Western thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to watch spaceships. I want to. <laughs> I want to watch aliens blow each other up. Come on. Uh, my. Uh, least liked. I'm not going to say hated because A, I haven't seen enough Star Trek. Uh, but B, um, you, the best science fiction is used is when it when it when the setting is used for strong allegory and metaphor. Mm-hmm. And the worst science fiction that I can see on TV is when they go to a planet that's like just like our 20th century, oh. or is just like our 1940s. In order yeah, and to, you can like, tell they just went right out the back door and filmed on the streets of whatever yeah LA. like like i knew that like like even even the orville kind of did this and i don't know if they did it like intentionally or meta intentionally or whatever but it's easily the weakest episode out of its entire sh- out of the entire show uh but it was the one where uh seth mcfarland had some stuff to say about cancel culture so he oh, that episode vote. yeah yeah you know the one i'm talking about don't you yeah the up and down votes episode yeah that was like yeah, that's why science fiction is a medium dude so you don't have to like you know, be so ham-fisted about it. None of us like this shit. We all know cancel culture sucks. What do you want us to do with this? <laughs> yeah, I think every every Star Trek uh, franchise or um, series did that, where they go back to 
19th or 20th century Earth or San mm -hmm. Francisco or wherever. Like, and they're just walking around. They're getting the terminology wrong. I mean, hell, the Star Trek Four, for God's sake, they did that. I actually like Star Trek Four. I don't I, know why. So do I. I'm, but... I'm not going to be able to explain why. It's kind of a doofy movie, but <laughs> it just works for me. Hey, it's why we have uh, dolphins in space now. It's exactly. Well, I, I'm going to pin that on Keith Giffen because Lobo. But um, <laughs> hey, he beat him to the punch by a good six years, as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, there was that. There's like. The one, the one uh, OG series where they go back to like 1940s Germany. It's like, is anybody going to be watching this episode and going, you know, those guys in the uniforms have a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, wow. there's a lot of people just covering their eyes during some mm -hmm. of those episodes. It's just like, mm, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this. I guess I'm just... <laughs> All right, guys. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, and it, and it seems like... Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the holodeck episodes were kind of just like a, a cheap uh, mechanism to make that manifest. Now, I'm saying that while also saying that like the Sherlock Holmes episodes of Next Generation are my favorites. Um, I don't know why, because it's not necessarily Sherlock Holmes, and it's not necessarily about the mysteries. Like one of them, one of them, one of them is actually kind of like a. Uh, I don't want to say a subtle like examination of the reach of AI or anything like that. I don't know. It's kind of big headed, but it was the one where Moriarty supposedly discovers that he is the ship's computer. Oh no. He, he thinks he's sentient. He thinks he's sentient. Something like that. Yeah. And even as a kid, I was like, Oh, that's a fucking good idea. I like that. <laughs> that is neat. <laughs> that is really cool. And data as Sherlock Holmes is not necessarily Sherlock Holmes. I mean, he acts sort of autistic because he's a robot and can't read people he's he's, he's very alienated uh, from the human element of the of the plot but he's also you know he's not snarky or anything it's not addicted to coke so <laughs> you're not dealing with that <laughs> element of it it's it's i think a pretty good like examination of the concept from the ground floor and then played with sufficiently in order to differentiate it um I don't remember any of the Western episodes, though, or any other holodeck episodes for that matter. There was one where uh, Worf was trying to uh, have some downtime with his son, uh -huh. who we still don't know if he's supposed to be one years old or five years old or seven years old. It's it's <laughs> the progression of Klingon aging was very strange. Mm -hmm. But they go on to well, the it's, holodeck. It's like three rings. One wrinkle is yeah. ten years. <laughs> yeah. Two wrinkles is twenty. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he got a new nub on his head. <laughs> oh, here comes the puberty. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they they go on the holodeck and they do like a western thing, and Data is somehow involved when he gets corrupted into being playing like several of the different western characters. So if you know Brent Spiner's like nasally whiny voice, he's doing like a southern accent that doesn't quite work. Uh, is Next Generation still? No, not we don't have Netflix over here anymore. Is it? Oh, on it's Paramount. on Paramount, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of want to see this like strongly. It, it's worth watching once, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I I hate the holodeck episode. <laughs> the ones they did on Voyager, I think, were the absolute worst. It's Captain Proton. It's like, oh fuck, no, not one of these. What? What? Hold. I okay. I didn't see any Voyager because uh, by by that point, I was just like Star Trek, whatever. Uh, what? Excuse me. What is this? Uh, well, who the, the fuck is Captain Proton? 
Captain Proton is like their version of Flash Gordon, Figured. kind of. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they have a uh, Captain Chaotica, whatever, and the whole episode's in uh, monochrome. Yeah. Uh, it's like really bad sci-fi. Captain Captain Chaotica instead of whatever their analog for Ming the Merciless would have been. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. you get where the episode's going. I didn't. Uh-huh. I don't. I actually don't remember what the plot was, but it, odds are, if it was a holodeck episode, it was probably. Oh no, the holodeck computer has gone haywire. We got to figure out this problem in order to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. Just call IT, man. That's lame as shit. No, I, no, I, I think I think they kind of uh, leapt off of the Moriarty episode for the rest of those, if they are indeed uh, playing that record over and over again. But I mean, I I, I thought those the original ones were pretty cool. Um, and, and actually, the Orville did a couple of them, didn't they? Wasn't like, um, yeah. Oh, why can't I remember this dude's name? He's like one of the best characters in the show. Uh, the guy, the Mocklin. Bordas. Bordas, thank you. Yeah, wasn't he like? He got like addicted to the holodeck and wouldn't come out because he kept fishing or something. <laughs> I remember he got addicted to cigarettes. <laughs> I remember that one. Because <laughs> they opened like a time capsule and there's cigarettes inside of it. And it's like, what is this? Oh, they used to smoke it back in the day. And he smokes one. It's like, this is refreshing. And then he synthesizes his own version and just he's smoking all the time. Dude, that show is so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, people underwrite the hell out of it, but it's like Star Trek with no rules. It's like if Star Trek would drink mm. and not have Scotty. Kind of. I mean, that was, that was, uh, Jay told me once that, like, one of the, um, I guess one of the story Bible rules for the Orville was that it was that people use the bathroom. Yeah. Because, because of Star Trek, nobody ever went poop. And that was kind of like what separated. I think well, at least nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch it, but like it, it also it also like creates a bit of a, like a cognitive divide between you know the very human humans within the story and the humans that are watching it and go take a poop during a commercial break when everybody's everybody <laughs> on the ship is like deliberating about what to do once the Klingons have like trained a bird of prey on them. So that was like one of the things that uh, like in the fir- very first episode. Um, uh, why can I remember the actors' names? Is not the characters' names. This sucks. Uh, but Scott Grimes, the character he plays, uh, right before they go to break, he's like, "All right, hey, thanks. I gotta go take a leak." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, I mean, it's the Orville is more realistic in, yeah. than anything else. Yeah, and they use a lot of like, uh, like classical Earth music, or what's considered to be like classical Earth music uh, by the time, uh, by their uh, era. Uh, whereas, like, whenever Star Trek did it, it was like, well, we obviously got the rights for this one song for the whole season. And <laughs> they'd mention it in passing. I don't know. I think the Orville is like a very logical and ambitious evolution of what Star Trek had been doing for years and years. And it's pretty cool that they've done it. They've been able to do it that way. I love how uh, I think in, Star- in Next Gen's seventh season, Jonathan Frakes was uh, hosting a behind the scenes uh breakdown of how everything on the show worked and everything uh-huh. and he made some some kind of joke they left it in and people ran with it thinking it was canon mm-hmm. but he points to like one little room on the bridge and mm-hmm. says that's the one bathroom in the entire ship come on John <laughs> really over and a thousand I- people on the ship and there's one John yep right <laughs> and the toilet Imagine the, the line for that bitch and like written in Sharpie on the side of the only toilet in that bathroom is the is is the word Frakes. 
<laughs> How about for a that? good time called Diana. <laughs> this is I spend an hour in here every day buttering my beard up. <laughs> a lot of people think that this beard is fake, but that's wrong. It's totally real. Which is a reference to another show he did. Anyway, I heard Worf yelling "Kapla!" What's going on? Oh, he's taking a dump. <laughs> yeah, that was just the sound that his massive turd made when it, you know, made <laughs> splash <Kapla. down. laughs> <laughs> Worf, do even your bowel movements no Klingon? Why not? And he's like fucking off his rocker on like Klingon blood wine or whatever the fuck it is that they drink. Oh God, that's right. Klingons have those head bumps that go all the way up their skull, down the back, and down their spine. Where does it stop? Oh, so like on the on the way out, it's like a log flume where it just goes. Oh. <laughs> it's like that wooden frog where you rub the stick up and down. <laughs> they actually have. To <laughs> they wipe with sandpaper. <laughs> Well, it's the honorable way. We do have to catch all the nooks and crannies. Yes. They actually don't have paper. They can't use paper because it just tears through it. They have have really good bidets in the future. Yeah. Oh, like pressure washer bidets. (laughs) Or maybe they never, like, got past the corn cob because nothing else was more useful. (laughs) Or whatever the Klingon version of corn might have been. Oh, wait, I forgot. They use seashells in the future. Hmm. Don't you use three seashells? You never heard of three seashells? Don't tell me this dude doesn't know how to use a three. Dude, you're wasting toilet paper. That's one of my favorite practical jokes to play on people when they come to my house. Oh, yeah? Because, you know, the uh, the hallway bathroom, it it doesn't have a handle on the side. It's got the the button on the the, the top of the tank. I'll just cover that with uh, a big old clamshell, uh, uh-huh. seashell. <laughs> People will go in there. It's like, uh, Bob, how do you how do you flush your toilet? Wait, you don't know about the seashell? Did you did you know that like in an AMA, the director of Demolition Man actually revealed how the seashells worked? Oh, it's exactly as you had assumed. Scoop. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah, is <laughs> I think it was one of those jokes that was not meant to have an explanation, but like yeah. So many it's people like, made a thing out of it because that's what happens with cult properties, right? Yeah. Um, viewer discretion or viewer yeah. interpretation. Viewer interpretation. Uh, sometimes, in some cases, viewer apprehension. But <laughs> <laughs> Demolition Man's future revealed that the three seashells have replaced toilet paper, and in 2020, that looked a bl- that like way closer to reality than you know comedy would have. Uh, uh, kept at arm's uh, length from us. Here's how they are supposed to function in the bathroom. This is from 2023, by the way, so we have updated information. Oh. How to use the restroom in 2023, presented by a Demolition Man, has haunted filmgoers since the seashells were presented. So how do they work? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's a plot synopsis for the movie. Great. You've got to get those reader hits. Um, Five paragraphs later. Holy shit. Yeah, no kidding. That's the second paragraph. In the years since the movie's release, many have speculated as to how the seashells actually work, which was something you mentioned in the first fucking paragraph, man. Much like Demolition Man's contactless high five, it was a bit of fun world building that wasn't fully explained. God, how prescient was this thing? <laughs> Demolition Man screenwriter Daniel Waters was protective of the truth behind the Demolition Man seashells, because why wouldn't you be? Stallone himself revealed how they work in a 2006 interview via Ain't It Cool News. He explained that a writer told him, you hold two seashells like chopsticks 
pull gently and scrape what's left with the third. It's hard to say if such a technique would actually work in reality, which is to say nothing of how the shells themselves would be cleaned after use. So what made me what that made me think of was how do you hold a seashell like chopsticks? Uh, that what? Well, I was about I was about to think or uh, say that like what made me think of what that made me think of was uh, Ben. Um, shit. Uh, your brother-in-law, Sam Comic. Yeah, Ben Roy. Yeah. Uh, ben Roy, thank you. Uh, ben Roy's uh, bit about when he was trying to poop with a rib injury, <laughs> and he was going, "Ah, oh, oh no, I'm have to gonna go in there and get it." <laughs> so, <laughs> I assume that like, as soon as it like half crowns, then you deploy the two, the apertures or the grips, as they might be called, with the third. Uh, taken up, uh, taken up duty, <laughs> duty, as duty. the uh, as basically cleanup afterwards. Yeah, so it works like a pap smear. But, 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 but what? <laughs> God, I suppose, as somebody who's never gotten a pap smear, but taken plenty of shits, I'm gonna have to go off of your authority alone. Um, but that makes me think, though, is that like that is it's kind of it's almost like Aldi shopping, but you know, for taking a dump where uh, where you're like. You're like held accountable for the state of the seashells when you leave the bathroom. So you gotta wash those fucking things. Which means that if the world eventually transitioned into full adoption of the three seashells, nobody would ever go into a half-price books ever again. I get it. Because it'd be covered in shit. Yeah, it'd be Because people that go to half-price books are lazy as fuck. (laughs) Hey, you know what? That joke killed in Texas. All right. Mm. Well, it had to. They had to take it to, to term on there. <laughs> they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let you finish. With, uh, they wouldn't let you not finish it. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking rebound. Nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So now you know about the three seashells. You have no excuses anymore. Anyway, so you enjoyed Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> I did. I actually ran yeah. into uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, Lee, who mm-hmm. I met last year. He is he lives in the UK, and he's a huge fan and a longtime supporter of our show. You've got to be fucking kidding me. No. So, yeah, I, Lee, I'm absolutely thrilled I uh, got to meet you again. Lee, if... Uh... If I have ever made fun of the British at any point in any of our previous airings, I apologize wholeheartedly for them. There's a very good chance you have, but at the same I time, simply thought, I simply thought you were all mytho- mythological, and I would never have to be held accountable for mockery. Well, <sighs> this—I mean, yeah, this is the land that gave us Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but it's also the land that gave us Monty Python and Doctor Who and Doctor Who, but, but more Monty Python. F- so we—they get the joke. They're all fictional, though, and I just assumed that, like, the rest of England was fictional. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all make-believe. But that like means... unicorns. That means that there are real people out there that have those whimsical accents. Uh, I don't yeah. know. That just made my day a whole lot better, come to think of it. That's cool. <laughs> They're like, what accent? You're the fucker with... The- <laughs> You're the fool with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that sounds like you just, like, vomit words. Yeah, it's true. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no denying that, dude. How the hell? Okay, all right. So obviously, 
our perception of the English accents is one that's married to very broad uh, imagery or recollection. I don't know. I don't know how, how you want to put you, that. You mean like, the American uh, version? The American version. Yeah, we just think. Well, we think that like no matter what region the accent comes from, the first thing that pops into our heads is oh, sophisticated. While, you know. England has to have their southern accent. So I wonder which one of like our accents over here is kind of like the overriding accent, the one that like represents the entire continent. I would assume if it's not the Midwestern traditional, not Midwestern. Yeah, Midwestern's pretty, that's got an identity. That's like, oh, don't you know that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, of the, uh, the not Swedish that. Uh, root, um, the roots. I don't know what you would call like the, the transatlantic, just basic American English accent. I, I don't know exactly what you would call that. It's, but well, it, it's, it, it would, oh, go ahead. It, it's got to be either that or the New York Brooklyn. Hey, hey that? Yeah, that, the stereotypical voice. Yeah. I am from Brooklyn. Well, that's what you think of when you think about Brooklyn, though. Now, now, granted, I haven't like actually heard, at least not until TikTok, but I've actually not heard somebody with genuine transatlantic or a mid-Atlantic accent and like, well, in my reality at least, because that's the, that's like the classic, like Rushy Wood country club accent, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, like the Catherine Hepburn. Yes. Really? I am that sort of thing. But the Southern accent, as far as I know, because of how, uh, because of the pop culture that we've like unleashed upon the rest of the world. And I'm sorry about that. Um, people know what the Southern accent is because they've seen like Smokey and the Bandit or, Jeff Foxworthy or whatever. This is true, but there are slight deviations between, like, say, Texas to Tennessee to Georgia. Oh, well, we know that. (laughs) Yeah, there's all... But, I mean, yeah, anybody else, they just hear, oh, he must play a banjo for a living. But (laughs) for us, like, Tennessee is just so happy it's, just, it's got that southern accent but man i'm just so happy to see it. everything is great go vols i love this everything's mm-hmm. just wonderful yeah meanwhile kentucky it's a little more of the same thing but we just we're a little more depressed that's weird isn't it because it, the georgia and carolina accent seems like hook around tennessee uh-huh. so it's kind of like the smokies had developed their own culture amidst uh, the lower lands and i know what you're talking about with the kentucky accents because you know my aunt lives up there and I, you know, uh, whenever I visit, obviously we have to deal with Kentuckians, but <laughs> <laughs> you but have like, to deal with them. But like Georgia and at least South Carolina all have a much lazier accent. And if you go back, if you go back chronologically, of course, uh, uh, the past brings it much closer to his Scottish roots. So it sounds even like even lazier. But the funny thing is that when you think of Scottish, you think of like very aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do the accent because I want you to do it. But <laughs> but but it seemed like an overcompensation between that and then what was known as like classical mid-Atlantic accent or what was I don't know what were like most of the British transplants up in uh, up in the New England area that must have had some sort of like a tempering effect on that and that's how you wound up with the sleepy Georgian now Texas Texas was was the southern accent mixed with um, uh, Mesoamerican uh, dialect, right? The, Which is how they yeah, got like the, more the, aggressive southern accent. The traditional Texas accent has like a little bit of charm behind it. It's it's not as aggressive as a Mississippi or Alabama, but it's got a little more uh, friendliness, but at the same time, self-insertive. Like, 
hey, we're going to go have ourselves a little barbecue over here. Why don't you come on down and join us? And uh, by the way, uh, leave leave your uh, your rainbow flags at home. <laughs> See, I would assume that that was married more to the Mississippi, Alabama area like you're talking about. Uh, because most most Texas accents I've heard are like, they're not like aggressive, like mean or anything, but they're very like excited. They're very energetic. You know? I was like, what y'all doing over there? You know, something uh-huh. like that. I barbecue don't suck. What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, oh, I, I do believe your barbecue is kind of subpar, mister. I don't know what to say. Oh, that that's a little more Mississippi. But Mississippi yeah. and Bama, they're kind of, they're a little more gruntle, a little more deep and heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. They they like their their sweet tea because mm-hmm. on a nice night when the cicadas are just screaming your ears off, you just love that tea. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. It's about a hundred and eight at eight o'clock at night, but you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then Louisiana, I'm not even gonna bother with that one. That one's a fucking mess to me. Uh, that's that's a J bit. I'll have to have him do it next time he's on. <laughs> and Florida, I mean, yeah, it's Florida's absolutely a mess. true. The, yeah. the more north you go, the more south it gets. And yes, that is 100% true. So yeah. yeah, we're all over the place. And Central Florida is just a disaster. Like, I can't even, like, try to describe that to anybody. Central Florida is usually cussing because they have to deal with I-4. What's, all right, what's, um, what's it called when you, like, dump all the flavors of, uh, the, so- of the self-serve soft drink dispenser into a single cup? It used to be called a suicide. Yeah. But now, now the, you're not supposed to use that word anymore. So I don't know what they call it now. Uh, uh, self-murder, we'll go with that. But um, <laughs> basically, the Floridian accent is just that. All the accents poured into the same cup. Yeah, a self-unalive. Yeah, <laughs> self-yeeting, as the kids <laughs> That's really called a suicide? I've never heard of that. that that's what, yeah, where you just go down the line. Bzz, 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 bzz. Yeah, that, that, that's what we called it when we were kids, was a suicide. It's, it's cola. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you take a sip and be like, that was a bad idea. Uh, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed this. I guess it depends on what's a dispenser. I mean, if it's Mr. Pibb and Diet Coke and Mellow Yellow, that's well, that sounds horrible. Well, Mr. Pibb, Mr. Pibb's already got a whole Mellow Yellow tear you up. Uh, well, Mr. Pibb's already that. It's uh, well, you, you know how the, you know how Dr. Pepper was invented in Dublin, uh, Texas, right? Yes, I it actually saw all, it. Was all the flavors of uh, of the tap, and so they just decided. You've got a face. What? Okay. What, what was the thing that you saw? Uh, I just saw a thing on YouTube that talked about the creation of, uh, of actually Mr. No, it was on Dr. Pepper and then how Coke decided to make Mr. Pibb. Right. Try to like make their own pepper soda drink. And it was, it was a, it was a funny watch, but it wasn't anything that's like, Oh, oh man, it wasn't like informative or anything. Oh. It was a little informative, but you know, it was like, okay, I have this info. Ugh. It's never going to come up on Jeopardy. I don't. You never or know. Or maybe it will. Yeah, or maybe it will. Well, okay. So, but you didn't object, so I'm going to assume that I, that I'm not doing disinformation here. No, that does sound accurate. That the uh, the pharmacist just yeah. mixed everything together, and then he like tweaked the formula throughout time. It's like, oh, this this works. I'm gonna this up. Yeah, this isn't a cola. I'm gonna call it a pepper drink. Yeah, and I'm a doctor, at least that's what I tell everybody. We're going to call it Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and then he was like, maybe a little bit less mellow yellow, but it's still Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Enjoy. Put some cocaine in it for you. <laughs> so, but no, yeah, that was, basically what, that was basically what it was supposed to be, the Dr. Peppers, like all of that. So mm-hmm. uh, throwing a Mr. Pib, throwing a Mr. Pib into a suicide sounds like those, sounds like those maniacs that are just like, no, 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 no. 
There's not enough base liquors in a Long Island iced tea. I'm going to top it off with brandy instead of Coke. <laughs> Why are you doing that to yourself, man? Well, now you have those uh, those Coke machines that have like every flavor under the sun. Like, hey, we have like a hundred different Fantas, and uh, try like Mr. Pib lemonade or Mr. Pib. Uh, Dude, vanilla. I have legit. I have legit not seen a Coke bus since 2021. Oh, is that what they're it, called? Coke buses? Coke bot. Oh, we got thought, them all over the place in the theme parks. Oh, so they still do exist. Okay, I thought that they might have like fallen prey to the uh, uh, the business uh, diminishment of 2020. No, I okay, think they about... uh, they prefer using those because they can actually regulate uh, how much they give out instead of what, somebody just walking up. Yeah, because the old fountain drinks you just put your cup up to it and you hit the button and there you got your drink but this one most of the machines have like a little register at the bottom of the cup and it's Mm -hmm. not going to give you soda unless you have already purchased it that's interesting i didn't know that and at the theme parks you can only do it i think uh every two minutes so you get Mm -hmm. one drink and then you gotta wait two minutes that way you're not filling up like several cups at once (laughs) well good job soft drink ai you've served a purpose (laughs) <laughs> and a well admittedly frugal one but but like yeah up here um i mean i'm running i'm running uber eats right now so i'm in and out of like restaurants like all fucking day and that just made me think that like i have not i mean mcdonald's mcdonald's and some other fast food restaurants have actually pulled the self-serve stations back behind the counter now so people can't you know come in with a cup and then do mm-hmm. their thing uh and i guess it's like to keep the customer away from like um from the staffing area or whatnot because now they have those kiosks too so there's not that much uh face-to-face um intervention uh, did they pull the the machines behind the counter uh during covid uh they could have i don't know that could have been like the the impetus for them to do that yeah but it was about it was at about the same time that they went from like a contactless ordering um uh ordering procedure um if you want to call it that so McDonald's doesn't have them. Uh, the Burger King that I was uh, that I was at here does not have them. Uh, the, the Taco Bells don't even have them. Like, oh, shit. that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, the Coke Bot is gone in Portage, Michigan. Damn. <laughs> is it, oh, it was, was there the like only... some kind of regulation? I have no idea, but it, it was like the only like uh, the only robotic presence in my day to day that I could trust, and now it's now it's gone the way of the dodo. Mm. Skynet keeps winning. It's taking over down here. Uh, all right. Well, you're going to have to fight off the impending Coke bot, uh, threat of the uh, Cokebot army. And it's going to be a refreshing battle indeed. But up here, we face no such dramas. We're Cokebot free. And my reality is a little bit sadder for it. I, I don't know how to break it to you. Any you other can't way. get 12 fl- different flavors of Fanta now. I know. I don't get like Airsats vanilla Coke. I don't get all the Fantas. I don't get, like, my fucking patchwork quilt of sucrose overdose. Or you can go to Epcot and you get, uh, like, Sprite from Russia. That's cucumber flavored. That actually doesn't sound that bad. It, it, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, that's going to be refreshing as fuck. That's kind of like They have a couple like... that's really good, and then they have Beverly. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was wondering when you are going to mention the Beverly. <laughs> Oh, Beverly's everybody's girl. You've had a Pim's cup before, right? Maybe. Uh, it's a cocktail, not like a soft drink or anything. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking on the lines of like Moxie or whatever. 
No, no, no. Uh, the, uh, um, no, a Pimm's Cup is actually a, a gin drink, but it's commonly associated with summer, and you make it by the pitcher. Uh, because what you do is you buy a whole bottle of Pimm's uh, number 20-something, number 30, whatever, um, and then you dump it into a pitcher, and then you throw um, about a cup of simple syrup into it, and you throw in uh, cucumber, strawberry, and I think basil. No, it's mint. It's mint. Sorry. I'm screwing it up. Oh, fuck that. It is basil. Hold on a sec. Mint anyway, sounds better. You mix them all together, and then you serve it uh, traditionally at social functions and whatnot. I was just making and drinking on the beach. Um, oh, here it is. Oh, this is like a different version of it, though. This isn't what we made. <laughs> it's kind of like the Kungalush. You go to a different place, and it's a completely different drink. Maybe it's the same concept. You know, you, you can't have the static reality. Things got to get mixed up every once in a while. Uh, here it is. Um, so two cans of San Pellegrino Limonada. That's the X factor. I've never seen that done. Uh, Pim's number Pim's number one. <laughs> uh, freshly squeezed lemon juice, as if you don't have enough citrus interaction to begin with. Eight strawberries quartered. Eight fresh basil leaves torn. One lemon sliced for garnish. Um, and it sounds like a salad disaster. You know, nobody wants to drink vegetables, but... Uh, the Pim is like a pretty strong sort of a gin. I don't really know what makes it different from gin, but it does taste differently and it hits a bit harder. Uh, so everything else kind of like mixed into it more or less just takes up uh, the total volume. And it's a hell of a thing. It's like one of my more, um, I say reliable because I do not make this a lot, but it's one of my more um, trademark uh, summer drinks. That and the uh, Whiskey Cherry Smash. Hmm. But yeah, that's like something that shouldn't work either, you know? And yet it does. Anyway. Yet it does. And yet it does. And there's our cocktail of the night. <laughs> Pim's cup. And not what Sterling Archer calls a pimp cup. That is a misnomer. <laughs> you serve it in a bucket. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds was in that episode. He was like, a pimp cup? Do you drink that out of a... Out of a- uh, uh, an chalice? chalice? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's a Pim's cup. Anyway. Uh, feel bad. So this, feel like... this was a good little uh, get back into the groove type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking about Pim's cup now, and I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> so I want to have that before bed, but you're not supposed to because it's fall and it's too late. Just time for hot toddy then. Oh. Is it hot toddy o'clock? I think you're right. I think it's pretty close to it. All right. All right. All right so let's wrap this that. up. Uh-huh. And uh, going forward, uh, just as a little FYI to our <laughs> listeners that we have more than Sorry. I actually anticipated. Hot toddies uh, for those ligons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ligonians. Oh, uh, we're back on that. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're in the process of just, uh, you're in the process of moving for a new job pretty soon. So, Oh, me? Uh, yeah. Yes, you. And so I, I don't want to give too many details. I'm just letting uh, our listeners know that uh, we're going to be a little sporadic here and there. I mean, not like that's anything new. Yeah, it's like they've listened. If they've been listening, it's like Lee is just rolling his fucking eyes right now. Yeah. In, Lee, in a very Adam, sophisticated way, by the way. Lee, Adam, Rob, because like all you guys who reach out to me and you say, hey, I really love the show, guys, I absolutely freaking love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know there's a few other people. Please reach out. 
let let me know. Let me know. It really <laughs> makes my head grow big. <laughs> Which impresses the Ligonians. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap this one up. That was episode uh, 113, I think. Wow, we're climbing up to that number 200 one day. One year. It only took us almost seven years to get to this point. Dude, I'm going to be missing like five teeth by the time we got to 200. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wanted to remind everyone to practice infinite diversity in infinite combinations. There is a link tree to all of our socials and other media that can be found in the description. Join our Discord, maybe, and continue the discussion. You can find uh, (laughs) Jay. (laughs) That's a call to action right there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe? Textbook. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to listen to Jay, he's got a YouTube channel, Square Pegs. I have, uh, I am Skipper Bob. You can find me. Yeah, I am on YouTube. I haven't updated in quite a time, ta- quite a long time. But I'm also Make on the TikTok. You slacker ass bitch. Yeah, yeah I, I'm getting around to it. It's just, it's a lot. It's hard. It's not really hard making videos that people want to watch. You need, you need an annoying EP. Crack that whip around there. You available? No, I'm okay. lazy. Well, the, there you go. I don't have my own YouTube channel. Well, I uh, I also have the the TikTok and the Instagrams, and you, you just you'll find everything on the the link tree. Uh, we also have merch on tpublic.com, mm-hmm. and that features the fantastic art of Tom Solo. Thank you, Tom, so much for everything you've done for us. We are parts of the Podfix Network. And to all of our followers, new and old, we say... Welcome to the guild. Welcome to the fucking guild. God damn it, just get it out. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. That that wasn't annoying, was it? It's kind of funny. Okay. (laughs) To all your dogs and cats. To all your dogs and cats. Thank you. I actually forgot. Jesus. (laughs) That's how rusty we are.